It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hour to the game, the game after work with Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G, and Travion Berkland wearing uh, a Mike Jack Thriller shirt. 537-1350 is our phone number to call. Houston Cougars preview coming up uh, roughly uh, 15, 20-ish minutes. Be joined by Joseph Duarte from the Houston Chronicle as we will look at the Cougars and uh, what to expect in 2023 with uh, transfer Quarterback Donovan Smith, a lot of transfers on that team, by the way, and a bunch of them are from for uh, uh, other Big 12 schools. Uh, get to uh, Brett Yormark's comments on the March End and Hourland Sports Media Podcast. I think that's how you say it. Oh, yeah. Um, talking about conference realignment. Uh, a couple of things here. We learned earlier today that the uh, the halftime performer for the Big 12 championship game in December, where K-State will play for the second straight year against whoever, uh, will be none other than Nelly. Nelly will be performing a Super Bowl-like halftime show at 12-something in the afternoon in, in Arlington, Texas. And it's nice. I was thinking, like, it's got to be a country artist, right? I mean, it's early in the afternoon. And plus, I'm like, you know, the Big 12 is like, okay, we're, we're getting younger. We're getting hipper. <laughs> we're getting leaner. We're getting faster. And we're getting stronger. And I'm like, 47-year-old Nelly. That's what it sounds like to me. Nelly. When I think of Nelly. those words, that's the first image that pops into my mind. Nelly the artist. I mean, is Manhattan High having proms with Nelly p- being played? You think? Mm. Hot in here? You know, I don't I don't know, man. I don't, Air Force One? Mm. It's borrowing the Super Bowl methodology at this point, mm-hmm. and that is go as generic and middle-aged as you can go, and, for the most part. Yeah, and like just a touch safe. I, I mean, yes. you know what oh, I mean? Oh, it has just to be like, safe. Like, has to be safe. You know, like you Absolutely gotta, has to be safe. you got to get an artist that's going to play ball. You can thank... Yeah. You can thank Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson for that. Yeah. Well, and from what I've heard, uh, according to my sources, once upon a time, Nelly performed at the uh, the Kansas State Fair. He did. <laughs> and, On his way up. And he was one, because they try to get a hip-hop artist every sure. year, and he was one of them that would play ball when it comes to nah. his price. Uh-huh. Okay. And what it would take to get him in Hutch to perform his set. Yeah. You, and he did it for like... I can't remember. Was, I think it was sixty grand or something like uh-huh. that. But if you think, I mean, Nelly had multiple number one hits, tons of top forty hits, and I think he did a full set list. I mean, 
and you get that kind of performer for sixty grand, pretty good deal. That's a steal. You know, and it's it's funny. It's like when um, our our friends down at RC McGraws, they would get these bigger name acts to come into town when they were in between Kansas City and Wichita. These bands would stop off, make a couple bucks here and there, and then it's like you we think about it, they're like, that's a deck. That I can put on my house. You know what I mean? Like, I just bought a deck for the house, man. We've talked about how Bramlage used to draw Motley Crue mm. and Garth Brooks. And keeping in mind, at the time, the Kansas Coliseum was definitely not a place that any of them liked to play. Kemper Arena was what it was. The worst acoustics, by the way, I've ever dealt with when it comes to a concert. Over in Topeka, unfortunately. Yeah, and and the Expo Center has been a it has been a hit or miss affair over the years. Yes, I saw Kiss there, you know, wow. and and there and and uh, and saw Joan Jett there, but in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't a great draw, especially when Bramlage had more seats, mm-hmm. and so you know the same mindset as what RC McGraw's had at the time but the reason why those bigger tours were coming here in the late 80s early 90s primarily had to do with uh between Kansas City and Denver what else did you have right right and it's so funny like these people that build these these venues figured out I don't have to build the Astrodome we don't have to build the Kingdom if you go a little bit, if you if you rein it in a little bit, these acts will come there. They they will go. It's why I call it right sizing, <laughs> and we talk about it in sports parlance with some of the stadiums. You're right sizing okay. nowadays in a lot of ways, as opposed to always going bigger and better. Right. Leave the bigger and better to Notre Dame. Leave the bigger and better to Michigan. You're better off having a stadium, say, like what TCU did in their renovations where it puts them at about 55. Mm-hmm. It just fits better. Mm-hmm. It just works better. Or what Houston did in opening theirs. Mm-hmm. Now I just want to know who's going to be the surprise guest for uh, Nelly. Dude, we won't find be. out until December 2nd, but it's gotta be Tim here comes Mark McGrath and Sugar Ray. Oh, oh no! Out of the middle of the stage, he's like sixty grand. Dude, we'll we'll do ten. I'll do ten. Do twenty. Twenty maybe. No, okay, ten. Sure, eleven. Them and Poison are going on tour together. Oh I my guess. God. Sugar Ray and Poison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was seeing the ads for it, and I was like, "This is a weird pairing." Okay, but. then. <laughs> I thought I thought Rock of Love for Brett Michaels was a low. <laughs> Teaming up with Sugar Ray Dude. is what. Well, I thought this was weird when, and this was this summer. I think I don't even know if it's happened yet. But ZZ Top was going on tug, uh, on tour with Uncle Cracker. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! Odd pairing. How's that happen? How does that? Well, happen? who was it that Carrie Underwood just opened for uh, Guns and Roses? Yeah, that's right. I, I that's mean, right. come on. Is is it any different than Prince opening for the Stones? Eh, that was pre Purple Rain, though. Yes, it was. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm, but I'm pointing out the other clash. You know, the definite clash. But looking back, hindsight being 2020, you're like, dude, I saw Prince open up for the Rolling Stones. Dude, I, mean, I booed Prince off the damn stage <laughs> because he yeah. the Stones. Get out of here! He had to leave the tour to open up for Rick James after <laughs> yes, that. Yes, he did. Oh, wow, he did. It went that wow. badly. Oh. It went that awful. Oh, it bad. was so bad. 
So, uh, if you didn't know, those tickets are on sale now for the Big 12 Championship game, now that you know the uh, halftime performer. That's going to be awesome. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, I want to also shout out Coach Dabini and the K-State soccer team. So, their first official match for this season is tomorrow afternoon. They'll play at 3 o'clock at Green Bay. It's a road trip like this. I'm like, I kind of still wish I was the broadcaster <laughs> for soccer because we get the really cool road trips, and you're on that road trip because you take two days off and you're somewhere else on the road for this weekend pair of road games, and they go from Green Bay to Chicago to play Northwestern. Oh, dude. It's a top 25 matchup, and I think this K-State team, could. they're, they're already showing off that they got some depth nice. where they just demolished Missouri State in an exhibition, and they tied a top 10 uh uh, Arkansas team at their place. So nice. I'm just saying, like, this could be a pretty decent team this year. We'll find out. But they play again, three o'clock tomorrow. K State soccer is at Green Bay. Meanwhile, yesterday, Brett Yormark on a podcast talking uh, the latest on the Big 12, updating us on conference realignment and what's next potentially for the Big 12. Well, there really isn't much of a next yet uh, because Brett Yormark says that the Big 12 is done. 16 teams done. And, of course, what kind of actually warranted – yeah, no kidding, right? (laughs) I'm good at 16, brother. I'm good at 16. I'm not a fan of of these monster conferences, these mega conferences, and conference realignment just being a – you know, it's the off-season of college athletics every year. It's the summer of conference realignment anymore. But Brett Yormark was asked about – UConn and Gonzaga, what about these maybe basketball-only editions? I did have conversations uh, with, with UConn and Gonzaga, and unfortunately, you know, things didn't work out only because, you know, the dream scenario unfolded for us. Um, so those conversations, uh, you know, are, are, are no longer. Um, I'm a big admirer of both those programs. They're fantastic for all the right reasons. Um, but right now, you know, I'm focused on – the transition of those four in right now and, and also how do i leverage the fact that you know i'm now a 16 team league in 10 states with 90 million people in four different time zones so that's my focus right now so there you go um after months of uh, that speculation of the and talks did take place as you heard but yukon gonzaga will not be any further uh, chased after of joining the Big 12 as basketball only, or you know, who knows how far it would go of adding them to the Big 12, but it's no longer going to happen now that the Big 12 is uh, now going to be at 16 starting next summer. Plus, also, you know, the Pac 4 that's still around Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, Washington State, the Big 12, with that no longer going to be addressing conference realignment for now, is not going to be looking at them. So That'll rest any sort of questions that, that anybody had on the Big 12 pursuing further expansion. And when he talked about that, you know, the Big 12 got its dream scenario. That's really there, – there's bullet points to this. And there's a slideshow uh, because it's multiple. Multiple scenarios that fell in order and all happened. It started with going out early and getting the new TV deal. It then goes to getting Oklahoma and Texas out as early as possible. And they got them out in a, a year early. Got that done. And then it was, how can we move forward with conference realignment? Well, what was the first goal? The four corner schools. At the end of the day, with the uh, the crumbling of the Pac-12, got the job done, adding Colorado first. And then, what, a week later, here comes the Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. So, the commish has 
has achieved what he was looking f- to achieving. And then you heard at the, at the end of the clip there, what's next? Well, that is now leverage. And what is the leverage the Big 12 has further moving on when it comes to TV stuff? And the goals for the basketball part of the Big 12 and having potentially down the road a separate media deal with basketball. And I, you know, it kind of made, you know, I kind of thought out this out a little bit like, okay, if you did add, and we're talking just basketball here, if you did add UConn, Gonzaga, you're like, Jesus, you thought the SEC in football was good. I mean, K State, or K State. K-State with the Big 12, of course. I mean, the Big 12 couldn't have done it without K-State. But if you look at this last year, it wasn't even close that the Big 12 was the best conference in college basketball. And that was before Arizona has been added. That's before Houston has been added. Houston was the number one team in the country mm-hmm. for all of last year, just about. The whole, the whole I think it was the whole season yeah. until they got bounced uh, in the NCAA tournament. But, you know, Houston... What, what a job that's been done there of over the last five years, getting back to where it used to be. Mm-hmm. It had been a long time since Houston had been where it, it is now, where being a legit threat for an NCAA championship, a Final Four contender. Now you add in Arizona, who is a blue blood, I think, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. You know, Is that enough to be the absolute powerhouse, the absolute uh, media draw, and money draw, ratings draw, that Brett Yormark has for the conference of having its own basketball media rights deal, I would think so. Now that you're in double-digit states, now that you're in four time zones, you, you have what you need to go after that next goal. I think it'll be interesting because for so long people have said, who cares? No one cares. No one cares. March Madness is the only time they care. I think it's it, it'd be interesting to see like a, a separate deal for basketball. What does ESPN say? Because they're cutting back, you know, every mm, year yeah. cutting back. And it's like, do they want to send people all over the map for, for basketball? Well, and they've already limited that even as we saw going into the COVID year, and after the COVID year, they've not changed it up all that dramatically much in that they've had guys that are doing games literally from their living room. Right. I jokingly say that, but But, they have been utilizing guys on remote quite a bit. Right. It's just, it will be interesting. It'll It'll be cool to see if he can get some people bidding against each other. Um, I'm not betting on it, but I think... With even just without Gonzaga and UConn, I mean that is a murderer's row as far as basketball. I mean, goes. you're guaranteed six or seven preseason top twenty-five teams <laughs> year in and year out. I mean, every year, and that's like with the ebb and flow of college basketball. Still, there's going to be teams that aren't so hot right now that are going to be you know in the next few years coming up. Uh, I mean, like just like a team like. K-State and Oklahoma State are kind of like in that same boat where it's like not perennial, but we do come up and down, up and here recently, mm-hmm. always a threat, always a threat. And now you're just adding those teams. Cincinnati, I mean, come on. The history there, the I and, and with Houston too, this league, man, if you make it out of the Big 12, you are battle-hardened. 
going into that tournament. You're like, we this is, practice is harder than than this. By the way, your mark also in this uh, podcast said that you know before the deal was officially done and announced that your mark called George Klyovkov. <laughs> And gave him the yeah. heads up, and he's like, you know, this makes me sick to my stomach that we're doing this, but it's going to be done. And I'm like, I mean, to me, I picture this as like Mr. Burns talking to Homer Simpson. <laughs> yeah. We're on two completely yeah. different levels here. <laughs> Was he really feeling that bad about taking his lunch? Given that you know, business is business, I think it was probably a courtesy call. Yeah, a, a courtesy call. Mm-hmm. But was he really like just, you know, right? Losing sleep, nauseous. No, it, it's like when you're playing poker, and <laughs> poker, you yeah. you got you got the hand, you got the you nu- got the nuts, you got yeah. the nuts, and the other guy, you know, he's got a great hand too, and thinks, oh man, and you're like, dude, I feel. Sorry, man, you kept betting in and raising, and you know, sorry. Here you go. Here's. Quad aces, dude. Sorry, give me all your chips. That's the sorry he feels like. It's I, I, sorry, I, man. Well, and I think that some of that is just in general. They've worked together before. Either of them were commissioners. They worked together on things right. because of what Kliakov's role was with MGM and what Yormark's role was in, in working with the Nets and working with Jay Z's org. You know, it just it, yeah. Um, unfortunately, at a point, it becomes business is business. Yeah. I'm, I'm reading uh, here on the side. I'm reading the L.A. Times story today by Jay Brady McCullough that it, that goes into the last days of, if you will. Unbelievable that you had someone literally think that that fifty million dollar offer was what the Pac-12 schools were worth. Crazy. Fifty million. They wanted ESPN to pay fifty mil. They thought that's what it was worth. When honestly, if they had gone in with a, you know, say about forty, compared to what ESPN's thirty original offer was, they might have found themselves in the middle, right, and be alive. We got to take a break, and when we come back, it is our fourth Big Twelve preview of the preseason. We talk Houston Cougars with Joseph Duarte of the Houston Chronicle next. We're back on the game on K-Man. Full crew today. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G, and uh, Trayvon Brooklyn running our board. And now it is time for our fourth Big 12 preview of the preseason. We head down south to one of the newcomers, the Houston Cougars, and we preview them with Joseph Duarte from the Houston Chronicle. Joseph, am I saying your last name right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's perfect. All right, sweet. Well, what's the buzz like down in Houston with the Cougars now in the Big 12, not just in football, but, of course, a powerhouse in basketball now? Well, if you look at the, the four newcomers, uh, Houston's had the longest wait. And when I what I mean by that is, you know, this is 27 years since the, the Southwest Conference broke up, and they've been itching to get into a, a big-time conference again since then. And they're going to be – Reunited with the other Texas schools. Uh. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Longhorns for a year, then Baylor, Texas Tech, and TCU. But this, the, buzz is, the buzz is there because you know, this is something that they, they, they never quite got over. Uh, back in 1994, 96, around there, when when things uh, fell apart, uh, and then they sort of wandered around the the last few you know decades with Conference USA and then the uh, the Americans. So from a, from a football standpoint, they're they're definitely excited to go. Basketball has just has been a different launching pad the, the last few years with Kelvin Sampson. You know, this is a national brand, national program where. Uh, between the Final Four appearance and, and 2021 to you know, the four straight Sweet 16s, uh, they bring instant value to to the league. So I think basketball is certainly a lot further ahead than football to, to join the league, but, but altogether the, the school is very excited to be in. So what I heard there is uh, when talking about football that having Texas – come into Houston in the regular season is uh, it's probably one on the calendar that's been circled with that black marker about 50 times. Well, you know, when, when, when they lost Tom Herman to, to Texas uh, back after the 2016 season, they tried to get in his contract where to reduce the buyout, uh, they would set up a home game in football and some type of home-and-home home with basketball. Texas declined. Uh, and they went ahead and just said, you know what, we can afford it. We're going to pay you the money. We're not going to play you. And that's sort of the the uh, the rivalry uh, that goes back uh, many, many decades for the school. There's a lot of other stuff that's happened. Uh, you know, there was a bleacher situation uh, at the stadium that the Longhorns have never forgotten and, and, and how it, it messed up a game back uh, in, the, in the early 2000s. So uh, they don't like each other, and uh, they're willing to pay the money. Uh, not to play, but yeah, it, it was uh, definitely, uh, you could see it coming when the conference put out the scheduling that uh, they were going to send the Longhorns to as many places as they could on the way out the door, and that Houston one on uh, uh, late October is, is probably one of the bigger ones. Well, Joseph, welcome to the Big 12, and uh, let's let's dig into this uh, Houston team in 2023 a little bit. I noticed, uh, I took a look at the transfer list. It seems quite big. I mean, is this going to be a very different-looking team from last year? It is. Uh, I think the count last, at last count, it was about 45 newcomers on wow. the roster, and half of those are, are through the transfer portal. And, you know, Dana Holgerson has, has been very uh, aggressive, uh, in that regard, uh, he sees it sort of as a, you know, just like everybody else, it's sort of a quick fix that you can, you know, you don't need to necessarily develop and wait. Uh, you can get guys in. And, and it was also, this is a two-year process. When he was at West Virginia, they had, I believe it was about eight or nine months to make that transition from the Big East to the Big 12. They've had two years here at Houston. So what they did was, they, it was interesting, they did a study that sort of, saw where they were from a physical standpoint, body type, and, and it, it was, you know, a power five type look for the players. And and what they concluded naturally was was that it wasn't, so they had to sort of 
look at the the recruiting a little differently and, and get those kind of guys in. So, you know, they go out and a majority, if not all, are power five uh, players that left their programs and either are from the Houston area and want to come back home or just were looking for another spot. You know, the biggest one, uh, or one of the biggest ones of the offseason was David Uwogbe, uh, who was an all-Big 12 guy at Oklahoma. You know, he'll play uh, rush in for them. So they went out and they specifically targeted guys uh, that they that, that had that Power 5 experience. But this roster, you're absolutely right, is is undergone a complete makeover in the offseason. One of those transfers, Joseph, is uh, Donovan Smith, a quarterback who played at Texas Tech. And, and I was a fan of his. Um, but I, I know that there was a, I guess, a quarterback battle there for Houston, but is Donovan Smith expected to be the guy? He is, and and the the uh, the number two, Lucas Cole, he was a transfer from Arkansas a couple years ago, young guy. Uh, it's been Donovan's job the entire time. When they went out and got him this offseason, they needed a veteran with some experience that they, you know, they had Clayton Toon for four years. And Clayton Toon's now in camp with the Cardinals, and he, you know, he was a 10,000 plus yard career passer. So they, they had to get somebody, uh, in that spot. And, and Donovan Smith brings that in. And on top of it, you know, they've got the, the up close look at him. You know, Donovan Smith led a, a, a drive to, to force, uh, overtime and then, uh, another play to, to force a double overtime and, and eventually beat Houston, uh, in Lubbock last year. So I guess if you, if you can't beat them, you add them. <laughs> and that's what they, and, and that's what they did. So, uh, but but he certainly brings experience. Uh, you know, he's not going to have Tank Dell to throw to him, uh, like like that they would have hoped with with Tank leaving a year early. But but they did go out and they targeted the guy and, and they got a quarterback that they still that can lead them into the Big Twelve. Just a tough season last year for Houston, even though they finished eight and five, but some really close losses, like you mentioned, in overtime to Texas Tech. A couple of overtime losses by, of course, uh, uh, one possession. But when I did watch Houston football, I noticed that you know the passing game was really good, top twenty-five in a lot of categories in the passing game with Donovan Smith and and what there is in the in the uh, in the arsenal there for the passing game for Houston. Is it expected to be as good this year? Well, it's going to be a lot more balanced. You know, last year I believe Tank Dell accounted for, you know, one every one out of every three passes was to Tank Dell. I think he had 150 something targets, which was third or fourth most in the the country. They feel like now they're in a a situation where they spread it around. Matthew Golden was the the highly recruited freshman that that came in last year, and and he had a, a good year. He was injured at times, but you know they had him. They had Sam Brown. Uh, who they brought in uh, two years ago from West Virginia. They have uh, Joseph Manjax, who came in from USC. So you look at those guys, and then what, what they really did this offseason, and this this is the Big 12 effect, and it, it never happened at Houston. They got two of the, the, the top-rated uh, receivers in, in, in the recruiting area, you know, history for Houston. You know, uh, Jonah Wilson and Mikhail Harrison Pilot. Those are four-star, four-star guys that... Uh, would have never chosen or looked at Houston until now, and that that adds a lot to that room because they feel like now uh, they've got the the pieces in place to to be able to to surround Donovan Smith with with some targets, and then you know in the backfield, like we've mentioned, they got Tony Mathis, who's who was West Virginia's leading rusher last year, and they'll add him to the mix back there with uh, with a couple of returners. So this offense is not. 
uh, in bad shape. They're, they're traditionally they will score points under Dana Holgerson. Uh, it's just they got to find a consistency, and that that was sort of an issue. Uh, even though the numbers last year, you know, would say otherwise. I mean, they had some consistency issues. Joseph, I don't know really much at all about this Houston defense, other other than you know compared to 2021 moving into 2022 there was a big drop off is there a feel yet for what this defense can do well you know the it's interesting you know we're talking about it earlier uh, for as bad as the numbers have been with this defense they they've sent some guys to the NFL i think it's about six guys in the last 3 years off of off the defense that have gone to the NFL what what you need to know about them is they pride themselves on their defensive front they call themselves sack avenue and two years ago, they were number six in the nation. And I don't know if the if the neighborhood got annexed by the American last year, but their sacks dropped, and they they certainly did not live up to that that billing. They they are still good, but they they didn't have that level. But they're they're going to bring the the heat from the edges. You know, they have Nelson Caesar, and like we mentioned, the kid from Oklahoma. Is gonna those two are gonna be the primary rushers, and then in the interior they have a guy named Chidozi Nuanko. Uh, so that that's a strength, and then they have a totally revamped secondary. Uh, probably gonna have at least two of the of the three corners that they play are gonna be new, as as well as the back end guys. Uh, one guy that's interesting to watch. Uh, he was a freshman All American at New Mexico. Uh, AJ Halsey. And this guy had twenty five tackles in a game last year and he's just a he's a ball hawk and he's a guy that likes to hit so uh there, there are some 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 question marks uh linebacker for instance but i think overall compared to where they were last year uh, they went out and addressed and filled some of some really neat uh during the offseason Joseph Duarte is our guest from the Houston Chronicle as we preview the Houston Cougars a new addition to the Big 12 in 2023 with Dana Holgerson as the head coach, and we can look at this a couple of ways, I guess, either like right away or like a three-year plan type of thing, but what do you think the expectations are for Dana, especially since he's already been a head coach in the Big 12? Well, you know, watching him in, in Dallas at, at Big 12 media, he, he feels like he's back at home. You know, this is he's familiar with this conference for, from his days at Texas Tech. Oklahoma State. It's interesting that you you kind of alluded to you know a, a, a multiple year plan for it because you know if you look at it last year after they they lost the Tulane, you know we were getting you know told that he was on the hot seat and that even though he has a massive buyout and has several years left on a on a on a fairly new deal that that the heat is on. But the the plan was to get him. He was going to be the guy to take him into the Big Twelve. They want him to succeed. They think that. You know, this is a process that within two years, uh, you know, they can they can really uh, go in and, and do something. And, and Dana even said within within five years, he felt like Houston could be that team in the Big Twelve. But but he certainly uh, has been around the block, so to speak. He knows the landscape and the layout of this league. Uh, and it's just a matter of you know he's he, he's got to put it together, and his contract is. Like we mentioned, it is is very uh, uh, Dana friendly and not so much university friendly. So he's going to get some time to do it. Uh, we'll just have to see if he still got it in him. Well, Joseph, one more before I let you go, and that is just kind of a prediction on the season. And uh, the the media, including me, uh, voted Houston to finish twelfth. 
uh, now that there's 14 teams in the league. Where do you have Houston? You know, that sounded about right. I, I was looking at the schedule. I, I find it hard to find six wins. I, you know, I don't know if they're quite there in year one. Now, I will say this. The schedule sets up nicely. They only lead the state of Texas twice all season, and they don't leave Texas until late October. So they've got a lot of games uh, in the city of Houston. I believe it's seven total uh, out of the 12. You know, I have them somewhere in that five, five and seven range, four and eight. Uh, they, one of those wins will not be in Manhattan. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but you know, stranger things have happened. And, you know, Dana's pulled out some games uh, in, his, in his coaching tenure. But I, do, I just think that it's going to be a, a learning curve. Now, when they joined the Southwest Conference way back when they won the conference, I believe it was three of the first four years. I don't see that repeating itself, uh, joining a new conference, but I think they'll be, they'll be competitive, but I just don't think it's there in year one. Does Houston like Baylor? Well, if, if you go on Twitter, uh, no. <laughs> I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys remember this, but, but they, you know, they sent the, the, the equipment trucks all the way to Waco back in the COVID year. And then Waco, uh, and then Baylor pulls out of the game because of, they didn't have numbers on the offensive line uh, due to COVID. So they, the AD and, and Dana went back and forth on Twitter, but they say they've hashed it out. So, uh, you know, I, I can tell you Scott Drew and Kelvin Sampson get along. I'm not quite sure about about Dana and, uh, and the football staffs over there. Do any of the old Southwest Conference schools get along with each other? <laughs> you know, Rice likes everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joseph, I hope we get to do this again, because uh, you mentioned Houston doesn't leave the state of Texas until over half of the season being over. I think that first road trip is to Manhattan, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it is. That's the first one. They, they go to Manhattan, and then they go to Orlando for the – UCF game to end the year. Well, this has been fun, and I hope I get to talk to you again before that matchup uh, in Manhattan later on this season. But, uh, Joseph, really appreciate your time and hope to be talking to you soon. Absolutely. Look forward to the trip in October. Thank you. Thank you. That is Joseph Duarte from the Houston Chronicles. We just previewed the Houston Cougars for 2023. We'll take a break and a number one song of the day next. Havana was the best-selling digital single of 2018 globally. 19 million downloads. The runner-up was Drake with God's Plan, clocking in at 15.3. Wow. Both just high school dance bangers. For sure. God's Plan is a song you dance to? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Specifically the, she says you don't love me, I tell her only partly, I only love my bed and my mama, I'm sorry. That's what everybody sings. (laughs) Travion, now we owe Drake $2,500, so... Thank you. Uh, it's God's plan, dude. But that, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that part of it, but I'm not seeing people dancing. I'm seeing people like having like one handed up on, on the air and yeah, that's what that, high school doing dances. that eight mile yeah. Thing, you know? That that's, is cool looking yeah. though when everybody's doing it. This that's what time. MHS dances are now. It's just yeah. a big hype circle of people jumping around a trap song. Cool. That's what it is. <laughs> cool. Uh, let's see, Travion, you want to get us out when we need to get out? We'll get in a sure. few cues here. Um, we can start now. Okay. Man, listen, it's Wednesday, so it's Would You Rather. Um, would you rather uh, lose your cell phone or break your big toe? 
Big toe. That is an odd question. Big toe. Yeah, I, it's really random, well, but I love no it. There's no doubt. Uh, Troy would rather limp for a month <laughs> than lose that vice of his. And it's, the, the, I mean, like, you're, they balance out. They're both equally just awful. You know, because, like, well, when you go to get your new cell phone, like, there's a whole rigmarole for that. How is it fine for Adam Schefter to have the addiction, but I can't? That's the true. That is true. How is it fine for Adam? Ans- Do you want the honest answer to that? <laughs> You're going to tell me that it's not fine for him either? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, sources and followers and... You know, if I had his sources and I had his followers, I'd be 24-7 on that thing. Yeah, for sure. Because it's my job to tweet stuff. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. <laughs> this guy's reading articles all show and texting people and... Uh, but anyway, I joke, of course. Texting I gotta, people. I remember, I gotta, I gotta ask does. you something off the air. I gotta, <laughs> oh. I gotta ask you something. Okay. Um, uh, I, but... To answer your question, yeah. I've had turf toe. Uh-huh. Um, it sucks. It's horrible. But, man, there's just too much going on with the phone. Yeah, And I people know. have these ways of breaking into it and getting your stuff. So I'm going to break the toe. Oof. Yeah, that's true. I just I can't wrap my mind around wanting to break a part of my body rather than give up my phone. It just sounds awful. But, yeah, we're going <laughs> you break toe. Well, think about it. Like, what what would make you freak out more, losing your phone or breaking your toe? What oh, What are you just going to lose your mind about? Let me tell you what you're going to lose your mind about. Not either one. Listening to people's stories about breaking their toes today on the K Rock Morning oh, Show. God. I almost I threw third. up today. I was <laughs> like, dude, why did I ask? Because I said, call me up if you've ever broke your big toe. And bye-bye. Trey, what are you doing? Uh, I had a fractured toe at one point, and it sucked. When I was a kid, I broke my <laughs> pinky toe running through the house Ugh. one time, caught it on a chair. No. Uh, Trey, just give me 30 seconds. Okay. Uh, dude, I'm going to throw up. I, I can't hear any more toe stories, dude. Well, guys, we are, uh, what are we not, at now? Not a foot fetish, huh? <laughs> not Rex Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Seven day, 17, uh, at almost exactly 17 days away, we'll have some K-State football. Yeah! Uh, and, of course, a full two hours tomorrow. For Trey, Deej, Troy, I'm Mitch. Go Cats! Yeah!